Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, is Tell Dell Tuesday, and with me here is Dr. Robert Salchuk, and out of Houston, Texas. Bob has... Uh, Quite the resume here as we look at this thing. We've got an individual who is an optometrist, a successful doctor, who also owns a not only a practice, but two practices and two offices, has four doctors and 22 staff members working with him or for him, however you would say that. And at the same time, that wasn't enough in his life. He went ahead and uh, added on 28 apartment complexes, 27 of them, I will say, as passive, but one as a lead investor and thinking about doing another lead investment deal. So as we uh, get to meet Bob today, I want you to think about all of you out there that are overachievers and how do you do it and how do you make it work and still have a lifestyle? Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dell, for inviting me again. Are you embarrassed? What a, uh, a little bit. I, I'm just a normal. I'm just a normal guy. I don't think I do all that much. Yeah, I don't know about normal. Uh, you know, you, you go through and become a doctor. That first step is takes a lot of uh, a lot of stick with it ability. You know, to get through college and then through medical school and then to set up your own practice is the second step. And then to create another practice where you have other people working with you, other doctors, and then staff working for you. So you've got, you know, a, a full-blown, big-time business along with being a doctor, and then you decide to add on apartment complexes after that. That's not normal, Bob, just between you and me. I don't want to embarrass you, but that's not normal. That's very successful. So let's ask this question, Bob. What what brought you about to want to get into the apartment business or let's or even let's start with getting into real estate in general uh, while being so successful as a, as a business person slash doctor? Well, I, you know, we looked at our retirement and and I was interested in doing something that that helped our retirement to grow and build more. So as a practice owner, I own my job. I still work. I'm a producer in my business. And although I'm starting to pull myself out of that and transition more into a business owner, I still have to go to work. And we still did the traditional IRAs and 401ks. My wife is a CPA. You know, we were good savers and, and tried to live below our means. And the goal was still to produce a pile of cash. Someday I would sell my practice and that would be part of my retirement. But it's still about having a pile of money that you hope outlives you. And we went through three major setbacks between 2000 and about 2016. We lost 50% of our retirement account three different times. And I knew I could not do that or I was going to have to keep working longer than I wanted to. So, you know, as a business owner, if I wasn't a worker in my business, then I could I could just hold on to the practice forever. But I, I'm, I'm a worker in it. So I, I didn't want to have to work for the rest of my life. I needed to have something else that could supplement it. What I didn't expect was that real estate would be another career for me. I thought it would be just kind of a supplemental thing we would add in. 
but I just love it so much. And I'm just not a, I don't sit on the sidelines and, and I've just become more involved than I originally thought I would be. Well, let's finish up with the, the, the doctor part of the business and then we'll move into the real estate so we can stay on a path. And my the question that came to mind was my first partner that I ever had that when I syndicated the first time and somebody was willing to give me money was a doctor. He was a dentist. And um, we got him worked out to a deal to where he was only working like two days a week and he was doing the only the oral surgery. He gave up everything else, had people that did all the underlying stuff uh, so that he was only there and it cost whoever he was standing over. It was costing them a pretty penny for him to be standing there type of a deal. But my question to you is, because he didn't own his practice, he owned his own practice, but he didn't own a multiple doctor practice. My question to you is, is it at all possible to walk away from multiple doctor practice and not be there? Or does that practice demand that you show up and turn the key at least a couple days a week to be able to keep a multi-doctor practice going? Or can you just manage it from the sideline? Yeah, you, you could just manage it. So I'm in some practice management groups, we'll call them study groups. And and some of the doctors in that those groups, they don't see patients at all. They own a business, they manage the practice, they may not go into their office, but once or twice a month. And it's only from a business or administrative standpoint. So it's possible to do that. I'm kind of a hybrid in between where I, I still work in the practice because I like to. Um, I, I like being with my staff. I like being with my patients. And so there's part of that. I, I realized after COVID when we were closed for a little while that I didn't want to give up on that. And, and although I'm, I'm slowly transitioning out of it, I don't want to just own that practice. I want to work in it a little bit because that's something I enjoy doing. For my own edification, Bob, how old are you? Because I went through that same process getting out of lifestyle. And I remember, Telling people, God, I just don't want to turn all this consulting over to people because that's where I get my joy is the consulting, helping people, right? Somebody going, boy, you changed my life personally. Um, how old are you? Yeah, I just turned 60 a few months ago. Yeah, boy, I tell you what, that's when I got out. So, you know, I cut it back, cut it back, cut it back, cut it back. But when I got in my 60s, you know, uh, I just I pulled the plug. And I find that I don't have the energy I used to certainly to do full work, but I still like being there, you know, part of the time. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking about the story where the wife said, don't send him home to me, get him to do something else. <laughs> you know, you, I, I married him for better or for worse, but not for lunch right. <laughs> every day, right? Get him out of here. Right. Uh, and I had a wife actually tell me that one time. So it, it's always struck home that, you know, man needs some place to go in the day, <laughs> something to do. To get out of the house, let the wife control the home if she's not working already also, too. What were the aha moments, the big light bulb moments? Because in everything I do in life, when I first start getting into it, there's always that thing you just don't get. And when you get that, that, that piece of understanding ties it all together for you. What, what can you remember that you or the wife had to overcome that you saw it and it fixed it? But when it occurred to me that we could take, you know, the savings that we had or we had the equity in my practice and we had some, some, you know, some cash that we could put to work and the growth that we could have with that, it was more than I had anticipated. Also that I could do, uh, do it passively so we could put money to work that could then grow, but that it became exponential. And, and 
for me to make more money in my practice, we have to see more patients or we have to do more per patient, but there's work that to, to go higher, almost like in a one step at a time. But with, with real estate, you can get capital gain growth and, and you know, you can put more money, our distributions go into this. So it just exponentially goes larger. And what we've experienced is that I'm on, I have one deal now that as a passive, I'm in my third generation of, of money where I put money into one deal, it sold, it became two deals. And we took money from the second deal and put it into a third deal. And I didn't have to work for any of that money. It's just growth money. And I can't do that with my business. I have to work to grow my business, but this just went. So when that ha- when I that occurred to me in the two day, the light bulb was huge. Wow, that's an interesting point you make there. Uh, I'm just, as you were making that statement, I was thinking to my businesses that I have that are labor intensive, like a real estate company where we sell real estate and you know, you're selling a service, we're selling a service. And yeah, you got to get more real estate agents and sell more real estate. You got to get more cities. You got to get more something. There has to be more, more to do, more to manage to make more money. Whereas your wealth just keeps exponentiating. Um, when you first came out of the deal, you decided to do passive right away, I take it? At, at first, because, you know, we had jobs and, and the, the, the consultants recommended that that would be our place to go. I, I bought a few single family homes and I, I started with a single family, but that was just because I couldn't stand to do nothing and went to a, a weekend a road trip and came home buying a, a house. So, um, but passive, <laughs> passive investing was our main goal. Can't let you out of the house, man. Yeah. That's funny. It's like, she won't let me on a car lot. I, I can't go buy a car, but fortunately I don't like to do that anyway. But, but I do really like buying real estate. So it's dangerous to let me out of the house. I could see her hiding the checkbook from you, man. That's funny. <laughs> that is good stuff. All right. So when you started doing passive deals, let's hear your theory. And what's interesting is, Hearing your theory now that you're also a lead investor yourself, you're the actual syndicator of a deal. Let's go back and let's just talk about what your passive approach was. What were you putting your weight on when you decided to go into a deal? Was it the deal, which we call the horse, or was it the lead investor, which we call the jockey? Almost, you know, all of it, almost 100% would be on the jockey. But the deal is still important. So it wasn't like a 50-50 thing for me. It was probably, we'll call it an 80-20, where my criteria for the for the, the lead investor was someone that I had I wanted to meet in person. I wanted to at least get to know them as much as I could and do my own due diligence on the person first. Um, personality-wise, I wanted to be able to match up with someone that that matched my personality, but also had the goal of the strategy for the investment. So at some point, the the investment and whether it fits your personal criteria, because I may be looking for different reasons to invest in a deal than somebody else. Uh, so I've had deals where there, there are leads that I know and I trust and I would love to invest with them, but their deal didn't fit my criteria. So we passed on those deals. Um, so we put more emphasis on the on the lead investor. Now, it says here you've done 36 multifamily deals. You're currently only in 28. I assume that means some of them sold. 
That's correct. Yeah. So we've actually had a couple more sell. I was just updating my numbers. We've had 10 properties that have sold now. Do you have at your fingertips, you don't have to give me exact numbers, but just round numbers of, hey, how much increased net worth, how much increased uh, value have you made since you started this? Yeah. So for the, the personal money that we started with, we've pretty much doubled what we had put in ourselves. Um, I I can tell you the, the growth from an average standpoint of all the deals uh, averaged out to 103% gain over an average of three and a half years for the life of each deal. And my median uh, gain was 115% in that three and a half years. So we've been fortunate that we could get money put in early. And my goal was to try to put in as much as I could that I had resources for so that whatever the doubling was going to be, it was on a bigger number. And then that number then doubles. So we're, as we start to get into the next generation of new money, as these deals will start selling, then that's where it just becomes incredible that, you know, you, you see the money starting to grow from there. So your long-term internal rate of return is averaging something above 30% then, right? Uh, on those, that's correct. On um, it was about thirty-one to thirty-three percent, I think. Uh, real quick, we've only got like twenty seconds left. Uh, did you diversify between locations, like cities and stuff, or did you diversify only between people? Uh, how, what was your diversification strategy? So we're in six different states right now with my deals. So we wanted to be in different places. Um, when you know Houston's getting a hurricane, I didn't want all of my deals in Houston. So we've purposefully tried to go out and diversify across different markets that Lifestyle's in. All right. So in that situation, you you spread your money out. You're continuing to double it and redouble it and redouble it and redouble it. And that's going to put us in a situation where we're coming up on for this next segment, why you decided to go ahead and get involved as a lead investor. So we'll take a short break. And we'll be right back with Bob Salchek and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. What would you say to women out there, Kelly, if they're thinking about doing this, if they're sitting out there right now going, I'm trapped with a glass ceiling where I work. I know I can't go up any further. There's, there's no room there. What would you say to them about becoming their own boss? Well, you know, you can decide to stay where you're at and keep trying to crack that glass ceiling. But at the end of the day, in this environment, it is so easy, you know, to be able to get out of that mold. People know me and they come up to me and they're very gracious and they don't look at me and say, oh, you're a woman, I'm not gonna invest with you, I'm gonna go over here. There's no real gender there. Are you ready to be a part of a world where there are no glass ceilings, no gender bias, 
no limits. Start like award-winning real estate investor Kelly did with the online workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Dr. Robert Salchek. And um, he's out of Houston, Texas. We've been sharing his story here today. Bob, as we uh, get back in his segment here, you were clicking along as a passive, and uh, you know your personality is such that you like to dig in and do something. But what prompted you to get involved with the deal? I assume you were in the deal as a passive, and uh, the lead got burnt out or couldn't figure it out or got twisted around or what, that you wanted to take it over. How'd that work out? What brought you to that position? Yeah, so I was a passive in that deal. And at about six months into ownership, it started to look like there were going to be some potential problems. And at about a year of ownership, uh, me and another member stepped in and took over the decision-making processes and relieved the lead of his lead duties. And he wasn't doing anything maliciously. The, pro the, the property just wasn't flourishing and we were in trouble of losing our, our investment. So part of the reason I jumped in was uh, that I didn't want to lose my investment and I wanted to try to save that for the other partners. But also because I just ran a business and it was seemed like a reasonable thing for me to do. Fortunately, one of the other partners lived very close to the property. It was in um, central Georgia and um, his name is Ty, and he's the reason, the biggest reason that we were successful is that he was able to be there and manage the day-to-day -day property management, and, and we teamed up together. I would do the asset managing, kind of the higher-level decision, but we did a lot of things together, almost like a partnership, and, and it worked because of that, and we found out that we could work well together, and, and fortunately, we you know, were able to stabilize the property, and then we operated it, and we sold it in May. Uh, of this past year. Now, did you not turn it around and make a profit out of that, if I remember right? We did. So we were able to, um, when we sold the property, we ended up with a little bit more than 100% gain. So we gave back, we got back all of our initial investment plus doubling that. So for example, if I put $100,000 into it, I would have gotten $200,000 back. Well, that's pretty good. Um, at this point, that kind of success, I mean, to take something that's struggling to not only turn it around, but to turn it into a winner. Is that what has changed you to want to be a lead now? That was part of it, um, because during that process, there are a lot of peaks and great moments, but there are some some valleys that you're you know depressed about how things are going. And and you might have, you know, a, a problem on the property or something to deal with and that as you call them, the taxes and the toilets and the tenants, and a lot of passives never see the behind the scenes. And it's not always pretty and fun being the lead and managing the business. But one of the biggest thrills in my life was when we did a refinance and I could send back a big chunk of money to all of our partners. It was uh, a real joy to be able to do that. And then when we sold the property and could give back even more, then you know that was really great. So that got me interested in continuing to operate. So you know, initially I thought it'd be a passive the whole time, 
but it's just one of those things where, you know, with my practice, I knew I, I couldn't go to my grave someday, not running my own business. I knew that I had to give a lead at least to try from the beginning, because when I took over the deal, you know, that process, that deal was already in process. I wanted to do a deal from the beginning. And I think we've set up a good model that will work for more deals. So we always want to scale up and that's what our hope is to do. So you've done one from the beginning, I take it, right? Correct. Tell us about that deal. What, what, what enticed you to want to grab that deal and make it yours? Yeah. So, um, I actually, it's the properties in another state in North Carolina. And I had met a, a lifestyle member. His name is Tom Phelps and he does essentially some IRO deals in that area, but we talked about doing something together and I, I have a small group of family and friends that have all joined lifestyles. There's about a dozen of us and we wanted to try to do a small deal together. So I had not started to, you know, form a passive list of investors. It was just kind of a small little partnership, but it still has to be run as a syndication. So we looked for a certain size property uh, and I wanted to be in a market where, where I felt like there was a, an opportunity. Uh, our insurance rates are more uh, projectable. The, we can deal with the tax rates a little bit easier and they don't move up and down like they do in some markets. And and so we went with a property that uh, that's in a small town north of Greensboro, North Carolina, and it's it's a, a property that was a, an old historic hotel that was re being renovated by a developer, and they put in uh, some lofts and one and two bedroom apartments. And we just like the idea of going into a tertiary market. You know, sometimes there's just uh, the availability of of opportunities that are maybe off the beaten path. And, and those are the kind of deals that I've tried to look for. So you've only had this for a few months. What are you finding out so far uh, as far as your belief as to the ability to turn it around? What, what are you seeing? Yeah, so unfortunately, like a lot of properties, we had to uh, evict a few more people than we residents than we thought we would have to. So our occupancy has gone down a little bit more than I thought it would. But we've still cash flow, and and now as we get new, uh, you know, our version of better tenants in place, uh, we're able to get the rents back up to market. So we're hitting our projections. Bob, as we look at this right now, and you your situation here, I was looking on your resume, and one of the things that states here is that you see yourself doing this for another ten years. Now you said you're sixty years old. That puts you up into the 70 years of age bracket. Are you just one of those guys that you got to have something to do to keep yourself busy or you go crazy? That's part of it. I'm a purpose-driven person. And and I've over the last couple of years, I really found out, I thought I wanted to just quit working and go you know, do whatever I want. But I used to golf a lot. I don't golf that much anymore. And I don't really, I'm not a fisherman or anything like that. And I had a friend tell me this not long ago and it applies to me i've got still gas in the tank and i need something to do and and i really really love real estate i love my practice i'm having the time of my life right now balancing them both and and i'm just i'm happy you know my wife and our empty nesters we've got a lot of time on our hands we've got to do something and being in real estate allows me the flexibility to work when i want and i can take some time off we like to travel. Uh, we've got, you know, a son that's out in California going to school, and we'd like to be able to be there more often. 
but but it gives me the flexibility that I can still work. I can still get up in the morning and have something to do that keeps my mind going and keeps me involved and engaged. And and I just I want to try to stay as young as I can, as long as I can. And this is helping me to do that. Now, the wife has a career also a CPA that turned into, um, I guess, director of professional development, whatever that is. And um, what is she? Is she still working or does she have any inclination to not work for the rest of her life? Or how about her? Yeah. So she works. Uh, it's still a full time job. She works pretty much remotely the whole time. So um, she works with a large consulting firm and uh, and helps grow the 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 development of the, of the professionals in their in their business uh, to do their jobs better. But she wants to work a few more years and then is starting to consider how we could team up as as I start to transition out of my practice. And I'd like to scale up my real estate and do more lead deals. I need help with, you know, administrative and kind of behind the scene things to, to try to grow that. And, and we see her ha- having a place in that. Um, I'm more of the networker and I like going to all the events and, but she's, you know, really intelligent business sense and can help with decisions and can help, you know, the day-to-day operations from behind the scenes. And so we want to team up more in the next couple of years. Well, interestingly enough, I was going to mention that very point that uh, it seems like the perfect team for business. I mean, she's, uh, you know, director of professional development. That's that back office stuff. That's all that stuff that you need to run a company that guys that are actually out there fighting the fight, you know, shooting the bullets and picking up the dead people. they're, They're not all involved in all that back office stuff or don't want to be. Let me put it that way. We are many times are, but we don't want to be. And so I could see that as being a perfect way to balance this thing out in the future that you're able to pick and choose what you want to do and like it and enjoy life from it. Uh, fitness. Do you spend much time on fitness at all? Because you, you seem I, healthy. The pictures I see of you, you always look good. Thank you. Yeah, I do. I I run and do weights probably six mornings a week, sometimes seven. So I, I like to exercise. I like to be in good shape. It also gives me the the feeling of being young. So in the mornings after I get up and exercise and I get that endorphin kick and I'm ready to go take on the world. And and I wish everybody could have that feeling. But, you know, my wife exercises, but she hates to do it, but she makes herself do it. And I just like to go out and exercise every day. So it's, it's just been part of my DNA for decades. That's interesting. I wonder if that actually makes a difference because, I mean, I'm the same. It's been a part of my DNA since I was, you know, 14 years old. And I just wonder, does it make a difference? And, uh, you know, the men in my family, everybody but one male died by 65 years of age, and I'm 66, so I'm like, I'm on borrowed time now. <laughs> you know? So maybe it does. Maybe it does work. And because uh, I don't feel like I'm going to knock off anytime soon, but, you know, who knows? As you look at this thing right now, looking back at it, let's let's go for two two different approaches on this last two questions. One is, um, what would you have done differently now that you're looking, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Is there anything you would have done differently in your approach here? We were active in Houston, and then I got to be really active in Atlanta. I've got some great friends in the Atlanta market. And, and then eventually I ran out of money and didn't have anything to invest for a while. So I quit really networking, and I missed, I've, I've missed some opportunities in the Dallas-Fort Worth markets in Central Texas, and, and I've gotten in some deals in Phoenix, but I, I should have done more early networking and spread myself out into, into other markets 
So even though I have had really great results, there's been some just home run deals that I've missed out on because I stopped doing what I was doing and I should have continued to engage myself because once you have the money and the deal sells, you got to have the relationships already built. You can't then start going back to it again. So I, I disengaged for a little while. I should have kept hitting it hard from the network standpoint so that you know I could have gotten into more deals in other places when the money came available. I think we only have about 30 seconds left or so. Uh, last question. What would you tell somebody that's sitting on the sideline thinking about this uh, asked that, from the aspect of being a professional, a doctor, a lawyer, attorney, somebody's already got a good career. They've already got finances in place. What would you tell them if they asked you? I would tell them to stop working so much and take at least a day a week that they can get out of their business, that they can build. Going to a lifestyle event is like building your other businesses, like building a career. It's investing in your future. And too many people get stuck on the hamster wheel and they won't get off by choice. They can choose to slow down, but they won't do it. So get off the couch and get onto the couch, I guess, in this case. Yeah, Bob, thanks a lot for coming on the show and sharing your story with us again for the third time. The rest of you out there, remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.